Well, it's Sunday. It must be snowing. <laughs> I don't know what the Lord is doing, but the last three years or so, that has been his pattern. And, uh, you know, God is the one who's in charge of the weather. So I've got to credit him with whatever's going on. Maybe it's just a test, a test of our faithfulness. Is this on? Can you guys hear me okay? Okay, good. Thanks. Well, if you want to look in your Bibles at the passage we're going to be looking at today, it's in John 16, 8. It's on page 765 in the Pew Bibles. I'm really not going to, I'm just going to put it up on the screen in a few moments here. What today is really about is this. The fact that Christianity has to do with sin. And this is a little bit strange almost for us. We don't talk about this as much as we used to. But if Christianity has to do with sin, then it must have something also to do with conviction and with confession and with God's judgment of our lives. And the first point that I really want to make this morning is simply this. It isn't just Christ's love that compels us. Paul does say that. Paul says Christ's love compels us, and he's right. But I can remember very clearly what it was like hearing the gospel for the first time, and I definitely fell in love with Jesus. When people started talking about who Jesus was and what he did for me, I was totally blown away by that, and I fell in love with Jesus because I knew that Jesus loved me. He loved me first. But it wasn't just the love of Christ that compelled me. When I stop and think about it, it was not just his love, but also my own conviction of my own sin that compelled me. And when you think about your own coming to Jesus, no doubt you think too about the fact that you are a sinner and that Christ called you not just to love him, but also to live better than you do. And the fact is something happened to me. Other than the fact that I came to know of his love, I was also convicted in my spirit by the Holy Spirit of my sin. God's goodness and holiness continually brings to light my sinfulness even today. The fact is, I'm not good. There is only one who is good. God alone. Sometimes, church, I'm dishonest. Sometimes I'm unkind. Sometimes I think about things that I shouldn't. Sometimes I'm unloving. Sometimes I get inappropriately angry or impatient. I can be rude. I can be selfish. I can be greedy. I can be negative. I can be judgmental. I can be lazy. I can want to get back at you if you've gotten at me. I can be stubborn. I can be self-willed. I can be arrogant. I can be self-righteous. 
so that sometimes I can act like these things aren't even true of me. But they are true of me. And they're true of you. And given the depths of my sinfulness, I don't know where I'd be if the Holy Spirit didn't occasionally convict me. If he didn't continually let me know that there is a difference between where I am and where God wants me to be. When the Spirit does this in my life, I become convicted. I experience guilt. I experience shame. I grieve and my heart cries out in agony, knowing that my life sometimes hurts my creator. The one who loves me. When I came to Christ, it was because I found out how much he loves me. But it was also because I was convicted of how little my life reflects my love for him. You know, it's those who claim that they can see who remain blind, Jesus says, and whose guilt remains upon them. But when you realize that you're blind and you confess your blindness, then you can see. Well, the fact is we all need to go there. In fact, it's likely that as I'm talking to you about this this morning, that you're convicted by the Spirit about the ways that you sometimes are. And that's actually a good thing. You and I are in this together. I have to tell you, it's pretty comforting for me to know that you're just like me. And that the Spirit convicts you too, just the way He's doing probably right now. The Spirit convicts you of your sin. And the Spirit shows you how much you need Jesus. The Spirit shows you how often you appear not to be totally in love with God. Sometimes you appear that way, like you're not totally in love with God. And the Spirit makes it as clear to you as it is to me that this is a terrible thing in our lives. It is not acceptable. Loving God is wonderful. But when our lives don't exemplify love for him, it's a tragedy. And we're not at all what God wants us to be. So it is, in fact, a beautiful thing. In John 16, 8, when Jesus said these words, When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt with regards to sin and righteousness and judgment. Because unless conviction takes place, there can't be transformation. I was in the world. I was part of the world. Needing transformation. And God's spirit through the good news about Jesus and God's love for me convicted me of how far I was from God. He convicted me of my sin. And now, although I'm not of the world any longer, he still convicts me of my sin. And of course, the great news is that I don't have to just wallow in my guilt and my shame and my sin. 
For indeed, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for the ungodly. That means he died for me. He died for me even right now when I exposed myself as being ungodly today. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life. Do you see what the spirit does? The law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. And so he came and he convicted me. And he did something in my heart and helps me become different than I am. Michael and I wanted Wayne Zacharias to be here this morning to offer his testimony. A lot of you wouldn't know Wayne. Wayne was baptized about three weeks ago in our second service. Some of you might have been there. And you don't know his story. I wish he could be here to tell it. He, after he was baptized, he hasn't even been here since because he immediately got a job. And he has been out of town. He comes back on the 30th. And so I texted him or emailed him. I said, Wayne, we'd love to have you offer your testimony in church on Sunday. He said, oh, I don't get back till the 30th. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to go ahead and just tell a little bit about Wayne. And, and the fact is that Wayne, although he early on knew some things about Jesus, really didn't have a relationship with Christ. And he went for years, even though having heard about Jesus, not really responding And after kind of an early response, then for most of his adult life, there wasn't much response. And then in the last few years, something started happening and he started thinking about it more and he started coming to church and we would see him infrequently here. And then about a month ago, Wing came to see me and said, I have been convicted. I need to do this completely. I need to put Jesus on holy. I need to stop fooling around here. And so we talked about that, we studied a bit, and he decided to be baptized. And if you were here on that Sunday morning, when Wayne came out of the water on Sunday morning, he went just like this. Woo! Because something had happened in his life. And it is as clear to me, as plain to me as anything is, that the Holy Spirit did something in Wayne's heart. He got to the point where he couldn't take it any longer. He was convicted by the Spirit concerning his sin, and he decided that he needed to do something about it. And so a couple of things we need to know this morning. The first is simply that you need to know that the Spirit wants to work this miracle in your life. He wants to draw you to God through conviction. He wants you to know God's love too. But the lesson for today is that the spirit convicts and attracts. And if you sometimes feel guilty and sinful and like you need to come back to God, then good for you. You are halfway home. Look at these words. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim to have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Do you see the problem? The problem is when I confess my sin today and say, this is who I am. And if you sit out there judging me and think that you're better, there's a problem. Because you're not confessing your own sins at that point. And God wants us to confess our sins. It's the person who says, I have no sin, who is the liar. And it's the person who says, I confess my sin. That receives From God, forgiveness, mercy, the purification from all unrighteousness. 
The second thing you need to know today is that we're just seed planters. And so in talking with others, God is ultimately responsible for convicting and attracting through the Holy Spirit when the gospel is communicated. We aren't responsible for anything but sharing the good news about Jesus. And this is wonderful because it takes the pressure off of us to be great persuaders. All I need to be is one who builds relationships with people enough so that I can tell them about what God has done and is doing with them through Jesus. The Holy Spirit will do the rest. And so when I'm talking today, I don't have to be this incredible communicator who wins you over to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will do all that. He's going to work on our hearts today and help us to move forward in him. And by the way, this gives me a chance to say something I've wanted to say. We have no right to serve as judges, but we have every right to tell people about God's opinion of their behavior and especially Christians. And we are called to do that. You lovingly tell a family member that they shouldn't drink so much and they come back with, you have no right to judge me. Or the elders of a church speak to someone about the fact that they don't give financially to the Lord's work and they say, you have no right to judge me. Come on. They aren't self-righteously judging you, which is really what you mean. They are simply as fellow sinners telling you what God thinks of your behavior. And they're right. And because they sin too, they know what they're talking about. They aren't guiltless. But they need to tell you about your sin because otherwise, how will you know? How will you become convicted? Unless someone says something. And the point is, is that the Holy Spirit uses people to convict us. Sometimes the Spirit just speaks to our hearts, but sometimes it's people who say things to us. And that isn't self-righteous judgment. That's God using His Word shared with you through His sinful people to convict you. But we don't like feeling guilty. We don't like feeling convicted. And we say, don't judge me. And this morning I want to say, grow up. You are a sinner. And the people you think that are judging you are nothing more than sinners too. The difference is they're willing to admit it. So I don't think we should be saying, don't judge me. I think we should be saying, thank you. Thank you for being used by the Holy Spirit to convict me of sin. And then you need to confess your sin to God and don't let the opportunity slip by. I want to close by saying something about communicating the gospel so that the Spirit can work. One way this happens is through our Sunday morning worship. Do you know that we still on Sunday mornings have more Jesus communicating contact and time with people who don't know Christ and haven't given their hearts to Christ more than any other way. That venue more than anything else. When the gospel is communicated through our worship and our prayers, through the Lord's Supper, through preaching, there's a chance for those who don't know Christ to hear the good news of Jesus and for the Holy Spirit 
to use this time on Sunday morning to convict and attract people to Christ. It happens more here than any other time. I want to say that. However, ultimately, this is not the most effective way to help people hear the good news about Jesus. We decided a few years ago that the best way to make this happen is through relationship building in our life groups. People around us need to see Jesus working in our lives and in the lives of our fellow Christians, and they need to hear about what Jesus did. And this happens best in Christian relational context, and life groups are supposed to be that. And so I pray that you are building relationships with others in life groups, and I pray that you're inviting your friends who don't know Christ to these life groups because it's absolutely the best way to help them experience the good news about Jesus so that the Spirit can do His work and can convict people of sin and attract them to life in Christ. And so if you're not part of a life group and if you're not building relationships with others, you're not inviting those who don't know Christ to come to your life groups, then you're not having that happen. We aren't having that happen the way that we need to. The world needs us to do this because they're sinners like we are and they need Jesus. They need to know what it is that he's done. And we need to care enough for them to have that happen in their lives. And so don't let that opportunity slip by. Well, the fact is this morning, I hope that you're convicted. I hope the Holy Spirit uses today, this moment, to do something in your life to move you closer to Him. If you were a nine in terms of your spirituality, I hope He takes you to a ten. And if you were a zero, I hope He takes you to a ten. He wants you to. The Holy Spirit will come into you and convict you and help you become what God wants you to be. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege and blessing we have of being your children. We need you, God. And we thank you, Spirit, for coming into our lives and convicting us and showing us that we fall short. But you never leave us there. You always lift us up. And you forgive us again. And you just hold on to us as your children. And for this kind of love today, we thank you through Jesus. Amen.